listening to the Females in Finance Meet the Author Show with host, male ally and author, Tony Stewart. On Meet the Author, Tony will interview diverse authors so you can discover new financial and leadership strategies for women and male allies in the financial services community. This episode is proudly presented by Paperwork. Be prepared for life. Welcome to the Females in Finance Meet the Author series sponsored by Paperwork. I'm your host, Tony Stewart. I'm pleased to be joined today by Inga Natalie Hall. Inga is a personal finance advocate, host of the Financial Harmony podcast, and author. In this episode, we'll be discussing Inga's latest book, 30 Days to Financial Excellence, Learn to Master Your Money Life, a Financial Personal Finance Pro. Uh, Inga, welcome to the Females in Finance Meet the Author Show. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So thank you. Yeah, well, we're great. Uh, grateful to have you. And just for our audience, Inga is coming to us all the way from Spain. So that's fantastic. Females in Finance is everywhere. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so fantastic. So, you know, as we go, I always like to ask people about, you know, how they get started. So if you could share a little bit about what is your origin story? How did you get started in helping people find financial harmony? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point to start. So I'm originally from um, the Netherlands, which is where I uh, grew up. Uh, I studied there. I have a background in psychology, actually, not in economics or finance. I studied psychology back uh, back home, and then at the end of my degree, I had the opportunity to go to uh, to go to Spain for a few months uh, to finish my degree there. So, um, so yeah, I took that opportunity. I vividly remember. Um, having to make one promise to my mom and that was not to fall in love with a Spaniard and stay in Spain basically. So I went to Spain uh, for what was supposed to be eight months and then I, um, I ended up meeting my now husband. He isn't Spanish, he's from the United Kingdom. So there is still discussion in our family as to whether or not I broke my promise or not. But again, as I said, like because he's not Spanish, I thought I didn't. So um, after a couple of years of long distance relationship, I ended up moving to Spain permanently. Uh, so that was about 14 years ago, I think. Um, I worked there for a couple of years in education and then my husband and I decided to start our own business. So we set up our own, um, our own company together. Uh, which was a, um, a language school in southern Spain, uh, which was great, great fun, great, you know, lots of work, but, you know, very, very enjoyable. We still, we still run that together as well at the moment. Um, but I think that after, um, after a few years, because our programs are mainly for kids and teenagers, so it's very intense. You really have to be there all the time, uh, you know, lots of supervision and care and all those things, which is great because it's super rewarding. But I think after a few years, I, well, three things happened. I think um, I started feeling that um, it was a lot of time investment, but we didn't necessarily have the, um, we weren't necessarily able to take out the, the wage maybe that I wanted. So it was great fun, but not financially, if that makes sense. Um, you know, for the amount of time that we put in. Um, and then I also felt um, we, we never really took a break. We never really took a holiday because we were so focused on our business. And then the problem was that when we did take a break, like two weeks, for example, at Christmas, because we're both from another country, we always ended up going, you know, to see our family and visit our families back home. 
So it felt like there wasn't the right balance between our time and, um, and money and, and everything together. And then I think the biggest reason that really happened around that time um, when I, more or less when I, you know, my early 30s, just after I, I turned 30, um, I, I guess I started thinking a little bit more or becoming a little bit more serious about like, oh, what's my financial future going to look like? Um, you know, what about retirement? You know, I didn't think about those things at all in my 20s. No idea, didn't, never really gave it much thought. But you know, when you're 30, I think maybe I felt at least that life was getting a bit more serious. So I felt like I don't actually know anything about these things. My husband and I had also bought um, a house a few years, like uh, quite a few years before. Um, so, and I'm really embarrassed to say this to you, Tony, because I know that life insurance is actually one of your big things that you that you obviously know a lot about and talk about uh, as well in your books. But I had bought a house. I had an I had a mortgage, and because of that, I had a life insurance. And I just had no idea what, what that was all about, why I had a life insurance, what it was for, how much I was paying, you know, what conditions. I also had no idea about my mortgage. It was just all these things, like really big decisions, I guess, that I felt I had taken that I wasn't actually fully aware of or very informed about. And I had obviously never made the effort myself either to, to actually <laughs> find out enough about it. Um, so all those things together, I guess, made me feel like, okay, I need, I need to do something here. I need to go and take responsibility, start, um, you know, thinking about my finances a bit more seriously. And I had that idea, but then I felt I probably delayed a little bit still at that point, which was, and I think it's because I felt two things oftentimes. I felt, um, that, um, nobody else was talking about it. Nobody, nobody speaks about money. So and I felt two things. One day I would feel like, oh, is it because everybody else just has it sorted so they don't, um, they don't need to talk about it because it's so logical for them and they have it all, you know, like set up and they don't worry about their retirement or I don't know, they, they're all investing in the stock market and I'm not because they know and I don't know anything about it. And then the other day I would feel like, oh, maybe it is because it's just not that important. Maybe I'm just getting upset or worried about something that will sort itself out. So I felt between, you know, between those two things and the first one especially made me feel sometimes a bit, um, yeah, embarrassed that I didn't know. And I felt like, you know, fear as well about the future. It's all these negative feelings and that stopped me from taking action. But after a while I felt that it probably became too much. So I had to do something so I felt, um, yeah, I'm going to do something. I'm going to embark on this journey. I'm going to read. I've read, I've read so many books on finances and, you know, great books, very inspiring. Um, but I felt they were either one of two things. They were either super specific on um, how to pay off debt or how to invest, which was really helpful. But I felt I needed the bigger picture. Or they were, they were very, like, bigger picture, like... Um, Napoleon Hill, like think and grow rich, which is great and super inspiring. And you feel really motivated after reading a book like that. But then you feel like, okay, but I still don't know what to actually do with my money. My retirement isn't going to sort itself out by just reading this book and, you know, thinking certain things. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to be able to then retire. So I felt that. So I read all these books um, and then I started um, I started taking notes and my husband always makes fun of me because he says I'm such a nerdy <laughs> learner because I always end up taking notes, but that's the way it works for me. So I took notes 
of lots of things which really helped me but then obviously typical thing you have one notebook you have another paper here then it kind of gets mixed up or you lose it so I felt like oh, this isn't working I'll start an online blog so I started an online blog where I kind of documented my own learning process um, and then got some interest the more I sort of engaged with the topic the more people also started commenting on it and I felt I suddenly realized hey this isn't actually something that people know anything about everybody else is just doing something as well or doing nothing and they don't really know anything you know about their retirement either so um so yeah that that blog um you know was a great way to help me um stay accountable for keeping up with what I wanted to do and then I guess I hit this sort of aha moment when I learned about multiple income streams and until then I had I just never really thought that like one could generate an income outside of you know one's job basically so I felt like okay yeah multiple income streams great you know actually I've got this thing because you know I have this blog I've got my own learning process that others are finding useful that was the feedback I was getting from my blog so I can actually help others and create a multiple in another income um, stream another source of income by publishing this book um, so I, I turned my blog into a book, which was The 100 Steps to uh, Financial Independence, my first book, uh, which I published um, over two year, just over two years ago, basically, which is a really detailed book. It's got everything that I learned in it. Everything is in there. Um, and then I realized, oh, hang on, this is such a big book. It's not the type of book that you read like back or front to back, basically. Um, so that's when I decided maybe some people will appreciate a slightly lighter version which is where the 30 days to financial excellence kind of, um, you know, came from, let's say. So it's an, it's an easier, it's a 30 day uh, step process only. So it's, it's a bit more manageable. So that was uh, the next thing that I did. And then, um, and then COVID hit and then I realized, oh, um, you know, well, two things happened um, because my, my own company, so my language school was affected obviously because we, our biggest thing was actually bringing in school groups from the United Kingdom to, to Spain to organize language and cultural trips. So that wasn't happening anymore. Um, so I suddenly had a lot more time uh, because I was the main person kind of overseeing that and coordinating that. So I had a lot more time and I also realized like, you know, so many people are affected by the pandemic from a financial point of view, loss of jobs, um, so much insecurity about their futures. So personal finance is going to be even more important really and people are going to need to be informed even more it was I already felt it was a super important topic but but then I just felt like this is going to be so you know so needed people need to take control of their finances um which is why I started the um the podcast basically as you said before uh financial harmony podcast and also um you know creating an online course for that so that's basically very long, <laughs> my story. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a great story. And, and I think it's a story that um, people can identify with. Um, that, you know, we all come to that realization at some point that, you know, we have all these financial parts to our lives, but, you know, we don't really know what to do with them, or we think that everybody else does. And so the story exactly. really resonated with me. Um, cool. Yeah. The other part that really resonated with me is um, the connection between the very specific books that get into the nitty gritty of maybe running an investment portfolio and that there's an overview. 
Um, so, you know, let me ask you a question is, so how did you find um, that the, the way to make that connection in 100 steps between that general overview and the super nitty gritty? Yeah, great question. I think, as I said before, like I, I took notes so much because for me, the thing is the, the, bigger, the bigger picture books, they inspire you. You feel like, yeah, I want this too. And, you know, like I can do it as well, which I, I always see that as a very, this message from that. I think especially um, authors from the United States are so good at that. They really feel like, you know, anybody can achieve this. You know, I, I think we have that a little bit less in Europe, which is why um, certain books are incredibly inspiring to read in that sense. Um, but I just needed the practical implementation. And that's why um, I also felt like, because my, both my books really, they are just practical action plans, really. They're step-by-step -step processes um, to make it manageable and to also make it easy to implement regardless of your background, really, regardless of whether you know. So I tend to just give like a bit of an overview or a theory and then this is what you now got to do. And that really helps, I think. And it's the way that my, that I, I, I've always known that that's how my brain works. Um, uh, speaking to my sister, it's exactly how her brain works. She's all about the bullet pointed lists and everything. So, and then I thought, well, there's me, there's my sister, but there must be more people in the world who really like to have this practical approach that really just tells you, it's like, okay, don't worry, I've got it all sort of, I've worked it all out for you, which is what I felt, you know, and I really wanted that when I started. I really wanted somebody to just tell me, hey, don't worry, this is what you've got to do. Obviously, it still needs a little bit of personalization you still need to work out your own you know, obviously depending on your goals also the country that you live in and everything of course 100 percent. but starting from somewhere and knowing what you actually need to do which is why everything I do um even my podcast episode is all like three-step plan to it's just the way that I love interpreting things and taking something from a great um, theory or a great, you know, inspiring talk. I need to have a practical outcome. So I think that's how I kind of translated the um, the bigger picture into an actual manageable um, process. Let's say so. Yeah. Well, that that's a great response, and I think that's super useful to uh, the people in our audience who are financial advisors and are, who are also working with clients. Uh, on a daily basis is that, you know, you have to be able to break down those bigger concepts um, because clients come in in the same situation. They have an investment portfolio, they may have their insurance portfolio and they may have dreams. Uh, you know, what they all <laughs> do have dreams and goals, <laughs> yeah. you know, retirement, uh, whatever it is. And it's, you know, you know, I think a lot of advisors struggle with making that connection of, drawing the line between the bigger picture and yeah. the specifics that they have to go through. Mm -hmm. And it's those processes that help people understand and draw the line. So I, I, I think that's wonderful mm. that you're doing the work. I um, think it also makes it so much more manageable because I, I do feel that like when you have this big thing of like, oh, I want to invest in the stock market, for example, or I want to, I don't know, save up for my dream house or whatever it is it's a huge thing and it's not something, especially if you don't know anything, let's say you don't know anything about investing and you want to invest and it's like, oh, it's a big thing to attack, to understand investing and to then work it all out from there. 
Um, and that's why I feel like by breaking it down, it, it, can, it becomes a lot more manageable. It becomes a lot more sort of like you can say, okay, I'm just gonna do this tiny thing today. And then tomorrow I'll work on the next one, but it, it makes it a bit more, you can achieve certain things. You get a bigger sense of accomplishments as well without feeling the sort of like, oh yeah, I did this tiny thing, but there's still, you know, I don't know how much to go still. So I think that really helps as well to, to stay on track and to not lose your motivation and become, sort of like either confused or a bit demotivated about the amount of work that still needs to be done. Well, and I think that's also great advice because, you know, when financial planners sit down with clients is they give them really long plans. Um, the other thing that I think is super interesting from your book, 30 Days to Financial Excellence, is that you talk about the importance of implementing new habits. Why do you feel that it's important for people to implement new habits? Yeah, great question. I love habits. I think it's so, as you said, I think it's super important. I think it's really helpful. And I guess um, there's probably there's probably three things that I feel are so important. See, I keep bringing up these three things, hey, and that's you know, just that's great. It's a great way to think of it. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's so important because three reasons. First of all. If you want to, like, I love talking about personal finances and connecting it to a dream. So personal finances or money, just for the sake of money, doesn't really do it for me. I feel like I'm not, I'm not too excited about money itself. Uh, I obviously love seeing my investment portfolio grow or my savings account or something, but it's always, I have a reason. I really know why I'm doing certain things. I have my goals very clear. So, um, if you want it, so I always link it to a dream or a goal or something exciting that you can feel, you know, excited about and happy. So if you have a dream, um, the dream isn't magically going to appear. One needs to work towards it. You need to do something. So, and I, and I, making a contribution now and again on and off to a savings account with the vague idea of like, oh yeah, one day, you know, I'll have enough for down payments, you know, for my dream house. Um, is just going to slow you down. You're not going to feel excited about it. So it's not going to get you into, into action modus, let's say. So um, having a habit of making a regular contribution or a monthly contribution is going to be super important if you, want to, if you want to achieve your goals, if you want to reach a dream, because then you really know that regardless of what happens this month, you're going to make that contribution or you're going to do this or you're going to work towards, I don't know, setting aside time to create your own business, for example, or write your own book or whatever your goal is. You know, if you don't do it, then you're also always going to find a reason or an excuse to not save the money, not um, find the time to work on something. So I think that's really important to start with. Um, the other reason is that um, a lot of people, they say like, oh, I'll start saving when I make X amount of money, for example, um, or I'll start um, paying off debt for real when I um, become serious about having a family, for example. There's always a reason or a sort of future point. Um, but the truth is most people don't actually do it then either. So when they suddenly make more money, they're still not setting aside more money, you know, to save or, or, or to invest or whatever it is, because then they say, no, I'll do it when I reach the next level from here. Or, you know, the there, there's always something. Um, or it becomes too big. Suddenly they've got too much money. <laughs> and they suddenly feel like, yeah, but I can't start investing with this amount of money. You know, they haven't started small, which is also why oftentimes they say that the lottery, you know, if you win the lottery, then a lot of people lose their money so quickly because they haven't got the habits. They never started small. I always say, like, um, 
start now, you know, do it anyway. Um, example I always give is, um, you know, giving like charity or a good cause that you believe in. I don't care how much money you make, but set aside, I don't care, like a dollar a month, which might seem like nothing. And it's $12 a year, which, you know, I know most people, they can definitely, you know, give that money, $12 a year, $1 a month. They can totally do without that money. And it doesn't sound an awful lot for the charity or for the cause or, or whatever, but there are charities who can, you know, can do lots of things with that money. There are charities who can feed a child for a couple of days, you know, with that money. So uh, even if it's small to you, it's a euro or sorry, it's, sorry, I'm obviously based in Europe. It's a, dollar, okay. per, it's a dollar now. Next year, it uh, might be $1.50. That's almost $20, um, you know, in the year, the year after two, then you might jump to five. And that's how, and that's just giving. So, I mean, imagine what you can do when you save, you know, um, start small, and just build from there. So I do think it's really important to actually start small and implement that habit, you know, early on, because then you'll just keep growing with that and, and your investments in your goals will become bigger and bigger. And the third reason, I have a third reason. The third reason is that um, it really helps um, in terms of shifting your mindset. So let's say you've got this dream and you say like, oh yeah, it's, it's, you know, someday I'll, I'll work towards this dream or I'll start um, setting aside money for this. You're always this person who has a dream, but who isn't taking action. So the dream will always stay a dream and you know it will always stay a dream until you take action. But if you, let's say, I always use the example of buying your dream house because that's my next goal. <laughs> let's say um, your, your dream is to buy, you know, your dream house or, or whatever. Let's say you open a savings account today and you just you just uh, contribute, I don't know, $10, which again is nothing. It's, you know, you, you'll need a lot more money for your dream house than that for your, or at least for a down payment, but just start with $10. Little by little, you start um, not only saving more, you also start seeing yourself as somebody who is working towards their goals, who is, you know, capable of taking action to getting one step closer to their dream every um, every day, every month, whatever. Um, and I think that's really important because when you start changing your mindset, you really can start to believe that you can achieve certain things. And um, having those habits really make sure that you that you stick to the plan, that you follow up, and that you that you keep at it. So, so yeah, that was my <laughs> that was my three reasons for why habits are so important because I just love them. <laughs> well, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think that that's oftentimes missed is that you know sometimes uh, you know people try to do big things in their financial life and that it's very hard to succeed. That it's yeah. you know it's making that small change but sticking with it is what's important. And, and I love that you take that approach because I think it's something that people can identify with. It's something that's achievable. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's great. Um, so, you know, I, I wanna make sure we hit on it. Um, tell us a little bit about your uh, podcast, the Financial Harmony Podcast. Yes. So, um, um, yeah, so I started this right in, the, in well, December last, in December 2020, but the whole planning and, and everything kind of started in the, um, you know, midst of the pandemic, let's say. Um, and I, I mean, I myself, I'm obviously, you know, I write about money, I talk about money, I think about money, or I think about my goals, uh, you know, a lot. 
but even I need daily inspiration to uh, to keep going or to think like yes I can do this or it's still exciting even if you know sometimes you have your moments when you stagnate or you lose a little bit of your motivation so I I think podcasts are fantastic I love my podcasts I love listening to podcasts when I'm you know when I'm doing the dishes when I when I walk my dogs it's just such a great way to um, but first of all, to get that inspiration back and think like, oh, yes, you know, I, I know why I'm still doing this. I know, you know, what I'm working towards. And also to know that there's other people out there, because I said sometimes it is you feel a little bit um, either alone or because other people don't talk about money, especially, you know, people around you might not be talking about money or you feel a little bit there's so much like shame or around money decisions or feeling that other people are going to think of you as greedy or big-headed because you want more money and that's such a shame because um, it doesn't need to be like that but you can feel it can make you feel alone it can make you feel like oh I'm thinking about money but you know like there's there's so many people struggling or there's so much misery in the world or there's you know so many other or there's so many things I should be grateful for um, because yeah that's totally true you know there's so many things that people can be incredibly grateful for and that you know they should appreciate 100% I 100% believe in that as well but that doesn't mean that you can't create a better financial life for yourself and for your family, for example. So um, the podcasts, you know, I think podcasts in general are great. They're really inspiring. And um, but I do feel, yeah, I started mine because I felt I had my own voice. I think it's fantastic the amount of people who have a podcast on money, on personal finance, on achieving goals, on so many great topics. But I also had felt that I had my own voice. I had lots of people, you know, once especially um you know when I had uh, my two books out people come back you know you get great messages from people saying oh you know you've helped me so much with this and this it's like oh yeah I want to make sure that people stick to their journey and stick to wanting to achieve their goals and their dreams so so I guess that's what I felt like you know I get so much out of podcasts myself and I still need it I still need that inspiration on a daily basis I'm going to do one because I know that there are lots of people I'm getting back, going back to that sort of like those bullet points or those steps that I love. I know that there's other people out there who love, who need, who, who love that and who need that as well. So I guess that's why I started um, the Financial Harmony podcast as well. And it's great fun. It's really good. And it keeps me, it keeps me talking about the topics. It keeps me connected to people who who want to continue their journey to improving their finances. And it also makes it super clear what people struggle with or what they enjoy or what they want to learn about more. So I guess that's a great way to kind of get that feedback as well of what people, you know, want from you again or more or so. So yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's a great way to kind of, um, to kind of keep talking about a topic that, that needs to be spoken about, I think. Well, that's great. And I, I think that's the, you know, so much in there. And I think the one theme, and I caught this when you were talking about your book, and I think this is important for people in our audience, because I know I've had members reach out to me and say, you know, what's it like? Should I write a book? Should I start a podcast? And I think, you know, what I hear you say, and I've heard other authors say that it's about your story hmm. and that we each have our own unique money story. And it's a way for you to not only communicate with your story, but there's, there's also people who are going to identify Yes. With you and what Inga has to say exactly. and with your approach and, yeah. you know, that the more voices we can get out there, that hopefully we can reach more people 
in their own learning style so that they can create exactly. a better financial life. So exactly. Yeah, 100%. And everybody has their own preferences. And I used to think, oh, but there's other people already out there who do this. Yet when I started my journey, um, because everything I do is really based on my own learning process and implementation on everything. When I started, I couldn't find the right voice. I didn't, again, there was lots of great materials, lots of great books and, and podcasts, you know, and everything, but um, it wasn't my style. It wasn't what I, it, there was something missing that was kind of, for me, the sort of missing piece that kind of put it all together for me personally, because that's the way I wanted it. And, um, and I think that is what you're saying is really important. Everybody, like people have different learning styles. So, um, so it's great to get, to get your voice out there because somebody might need it or somebody might just be waiting for, for that. And, and, and yeah, you can really contribute, you know, to the world and help other people with their, with their dreams in that sense. So, yeah. Well, that's great. I, 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 I wanted to make a note of that because I, I want to put that quote in the show notes for the <laughs> podcast. I, I think that is just wonderful. <laughs> Somebody is waiting for you to write your book or to start your podcast or whatever you do, start speaking, yeah. have an online course is, you know, yeah. everybody has something to share. 100%. And again, if you find something that you're truly passionate about, then I'm all for it. Then I say, go and do it because for, I didn't start out like this. I just did this because as in like my books or my podcast, like I just did it because I was learning, but I became really excited about this. And for me, it became another way of, it became another source of income really. And that's obviously, it made total sense because I'm talking about personal finance and I created another source of income. But if you find something that you're so incredibly passionate about, whether that's money in personal finance, it can also be something, something completely different. It doesn't even have to be about uh, money. It can be about mindset or anything, you know, anything that you feel super excited about. It might well be the thing that over time you can create um, or you can develop into, you know, a side hustle or business or another source of income, which is fabulous. That's just great if you can do that with your own passion. So yeah, go for it if you feel that 100%. Oh, fantastic. So that, that's great advice. Follow your passion and, uh, yeah. and it's easier. Um, so as we wrap up, uh, what's your number one tip on, uh, you know, financial preparedness? Good question. Um, I think the biggest, the, the most important thing that you can do is make personal finance fun. So find your thing. I love talking about creating your dream life. I think that's such an important thing because money can help you with that. Um, and if you make it fun, then don't see it as a, as, as a task you have to do because that, you know, and that you kind of put off until, Sunday evening, for example, when you really don't want to do it and when you feel super uninspired to do it, but like make it into this fun thing. And I, I talk a lot and I write a lot about, you know, tips on how to make personal finance fun, um, you know, by doing it at the right time, but also, you know, like rewarding yourself or, or celebrating your milestones, for example, don't wait until you've got your dream house, you know, but celebrate, have a little celebration, not spend, don't spend lots of money, but have a small celebration when you, when you save up your first, I don't know, thousand dollars, for example, for your down payments. Um, and then celebrate those milestones because it becomes more fun and also just link it to a dream. So why are you wanting to get better with money? Or why do you want to get financially organized? Or why do you want to make more money? For example, what is your why behind it? Because then 
as we were saying before, it becomes more fun. And when it's more fun, it's more durable, it's more exciting, you're more likely to follow through. So I think that's the single most important thing, just getting really clear on your reasons um, behind wanting to do um, certain things and wanting to achieve you know, financial freedom or uh, whatever, whatever, your, whatever your goal really is. And I think that's, yeah, that would be my number one tip to definitely get started there. That, that's great. Yeah. Understanding your why is so important. Understanding, you know, Anna as an advisor or somebody working uh, at a financial service company is understanding the why of yeah. what clients are working, uh, looking for. Uh, such wonderful advice. So Inga, where can people learn more about you? Where can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So uh, there's the uh, Financial Harmony podcast, which is uh, you know, available on all the major platforms, Financial Harmony uh, with an E between the N and the Y, so it spells out money as well. Uh, and then also my website, um, which is ingenasliehall.com, but it might be best to find those in the show notes, maybe in case. Yeah, uh, you know, it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then also social media, my handle is the same on all the social media uh, platforms as well. So it's at ingenasliehall, just my full name, basically. So that's where I am in terms of the online uh, you know, space. Fantastic. Well, Inga, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was really, really good. And I was really, you know, excited to be here. It was great. Yeah, well, we appreciate your time. And I, I mean, I, I appreciated the conversation. And, you know, I, I think you hit on so many important points and just love it. So I'd right. encourage um, everybody in the group to go check out Inga's book, 30 Days to Financial Excellence. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Great. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Females in Finance Meet the Author Show. Uh, please be sure to subscribe. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Looking for more information about today's author or interested in joining the Females in Finance networking community? Be sure to subscribe at www.femalesinfinance.com.